Hey, this is Rob Liefeld, and you're listening to uh, Matt, Ian, and Paul on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Welcome to episode 129 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. And Matt Casale. Hello. It is Monday night, November 23rd, and tonight we're going to talk about Star Wars Rebels. Uh, we are about, what, six episodes into season two? Five episodes? Something like that. And uh, we're going to, I'm sure we'll break down a little bit from season one. We're going to talk about how season two's kind of different and all things Star Wars Rebels because this episode kicks off what Matt affectionately refers to as Star Wars December. Copyright McSauce 2015. Because I'm pretty sure for the rest of the year we're going to be doing Star Wars episodes at least around December 18th and a couple episodes beyond that. Now why is that going to happen? Why are we going to talk about Star Wars so much for the rest of the year? Because Star Wars: The Force Awakens releases on the in the evening of December seventeenth. Holy cow! That's only about three and a half short weeks away. Yeah, this is. I feel like this is Star Wars fan Christmas. As, I agree. As much fun as the Marvel comic books have been, and as Rebels <laughs> has been, a huge big budget theatrical release is really Star Wars Home. Star Trek's Home may be on the small screen that may work better as a you know televised serial, but Star Trek or Star Trek Star Wars has always had the big grandiose big budget movie feel revolutionizing special effects the entire time, you know, showing new filmmakers how to do new things like Star Wars is big big time, big screen. So with maybe the second most anticipated movie of all time, and yeah, especially for Star Wars fans, I think so. For me, okay, everybody at this table, what was your number one most anticipated movie ever? Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. Okay, second most, probably this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is, in a lot of ways, a new hope for Star Wars in the cinema. The hype for machine real. for Star Wars right now is just completely insane. The kind of products that Star Wars is able to put out there now. I mean, you can't go to a grocery store. I saw Star Wars soup today. Huh. I wanted to buy it. There's Star Wars Honey Nut Cheerios. You know, can I, I, mean, can it's I just interject insane. for a second? Sir, sir. Um, the products that I'm actually most interested in actually are the kind that you use to clean house. With Ian Sharpley. Ah, there's Star Star Wars Swiffers, and that dust just gets wiped all away. If they had Star Wars, if they had lightsaber Swiffers, cleaning would be fun. It would be fun. That would be amazing. I I want that product. I'm not sure why they missed so badly on that. Well, as we all, I'm sure, are positive about lucasfilm listens to this podcast we get their feedback on a weekly basis so lucasfilm please make it happen lightsaber swiffers that's true and i don't need to tell the good people at lucasfilm 
that they can find their favorite podcast at mcsauce.com, their favorite webcomic, their favorite reviews of comic books. <clears throat> Pretty good reviews. Uh, well, maybe maybe in third place the Star Wars book came this week. You weren't, weren't feeling, haven't been feeling Star Wars all that much? No, or? I've been feeling Star Wars yeah. since Stuart Eminem took over yeah. the art duties. Yeah. It's bizarre because they're putting him in some wacky fucking shit. And if it was the same story told in one of those 80s books, I'd be like, this is bonkers. But something about some Jason Aaron's dialogue and Stuart Eminem's art, I'm like, man, maybe this really happened. <laughs> <laughs> At McSauce.com, like I said, reviews, podcasts, webcomics. You can follow along with us on Facebook at our, our home, the main hub we put up. All the links to the to the site that has the updates on the podcast, the webcomic. We also have been putting up little bits and pieces of behind-the-scenes stuff on there. Some sketches and things like that. We also have an Instagram page that where we're funneling a lot of our, uh, our raw art, some unfinished things, some original ideas onto the Instagram page. Um, Um, you are, can, we, are we donating anything this year? We are. I was go. I was going to go to the Libsyn page. If you go to mixsaucepodcast.libsyn.com, you can find all the old episodes um, there. And this holiday season for the third, the third annual McSauce Comic Book Podcast Toys for Tots charity. We're trying to raise some money to help out less fortunate children in the area. We're going to be purchasing old school toys, action figures, board games, art supplies, things of that nature, nothing high tech. The reason why we do that is so that we can get a whole lot of toys and give as much as we possibly can. Well, the that, idea, I'm sorry to interrupt Paul, but the idea is we're trying to get things that are related to this podcast. Comic book toys, uh, Star Wars toys, Comic book board games, comic book Star board Wars game, board games, Star Wars. So comic book and Star Wars stuff, basically. Yeah. The one thing that I saw today was there's a stormtrooper helmet that I think it's a Crayola product where you can color in and design your own stormtrooper helmet. I think you can wipe. It's like markers and you can wipe it off or that something ties like in that. Our Star Wars Rebels talk <laughs> coming up in a little bit. So I think that might be something uh, that we might purchase for the little kitties. So you think if, so? It might be. I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. I think kids might like that. And it's right in our wheelhouse of Star Wars and art. Hopefully Maybe. it's in our wheelhouse for price. <laughs> I don't think it's all that expensive. I didn't look at the price, but I mean... How big, I, how big is it? It's not a full-size helmet that you can put you on. You can't wear it. No, but... It's like a... What, like a... 5x5 five five helmet? Maybe. It's not an expensive thing. Is it's it kind of little helmet... helmet? It was on an end cap at Target. We can buy it, guys. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. We don't do our shopping at Target. Where do we go to do our Toys for Tots charity drive? Good old Toys R Us. Toys, Toys R it's Us. right in the name. So what we're saying, McSauce fans, is help us fulfill our dream of buying this draw-on Stormtrooper helmet. Go to the McSauce page. There's a link to our PayPal at the bottom. Donate anything you want. You can donate a hundred bucks. You can donate one dollar. 
doesn't matter. It's going to go to fun toys for the kids. Every year, the three of us go out. We take fun pictures. Well, I take fun pictures of these two idiots doing funny stuff at Toys R Us. The deadline this year is December 11th, so if you can get any donation in by that time, we would greatly appreciate it. So thank you again for helping us help those less fortunate. What's the name of that website, Ian? McSauce.com Ian, a bang-up job on housekeeping. You've been doing housekeeping for... Three years now. Three years, yeah. Almost three years. What, March was our first... <clears throat> first episode two and a half years yeah two and a half years holy shit time. holy shit well you're doing a bang up job oh thank keep you keep it up we thought about replacing you with matt a couple times yeah yeah he really killed it a couple times yeah, and good. when he says killed it that means like did so bad we almost decided to stop <laughs> doing housekeeping altogether. i only do housekeeping because i i like to share the love i like to promote <laughs> our friends that do things we didn't have housekeeping, and then I said one day, Hey, I want to talk about some other things. Our friends podcast. You know, you've got you've got the energy to come up with goofy shit like a long time ago in housekeeping and whatever you did for Star Trek last last week. Yeah, that's it's only worth it to watch you guys roll your eyes in disgust. <laughs> I'm always excited when I'm thinking up a housekeeping entrance and I'm like yeah these guys are gonna fucking hate me for a good portion of the show today. that's not true I've never hated you for a second oh that's great Paul on the other hand <laughs> we've been friends for a long time I don't eh, who uh, me and you or yeah, her me and you <laughs> we discussed earlier Matt and I have been friends since October 6 2008 that's true we don't yeah, have an anniversary did you guys do anything did you guys celebrate this year your your friendship your yeah. friendiversary yeah no, no, no. Maybe we should do that. We maybe should. Yeah. All right. What we what will you guys do? So tell me. I well, want to know. Your when's your birthday? The October second. The second. My brother's the fifth. So I feel like there's always stuff going on around that time. That excuses. Excuses. The friend anniversary just kind of falls by the wayside. But Make it a priority year, next year. Next year, it's absolutely happening. What was yeah, it again? October sixth. October sixth. You heard that, fans. Yeah. At the end of September, remind us so that we can have the front anniversary. This is gonna. This will be what. This will be. The, that'll be the eighth. The eighth anniversary. What is that? Let's like cardboard. <laughs> Parchment. <coughs> Kleenex, I believe. Tissue. Kleenex is name brand. We don't pay for that on the McSauce podcast. <laughs> no, unless they Bathroom sponsor us. Tissue. We're open for sponsors. <coughs> so let's get into. Star Wars Rebels. Uh, season 2 kicked off in the summer with their hour-long episode. I don't understand why they do this. They did it with the first season. Um, Green Lantern, the animated series, did the same thing. They had an hour-long kickoff episode, and then six months later, the actual season started. And we saw how well that went. Right. How long did Green Lantern last? Two seasons. There were other circumstances that went into Green Lantern not being a successful yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, like I was the only one watching it. We get it. <laughs> no, I watched it too. I enjoyed it. Was it was so good. It was very good. It was good. so good. It was the Batman the Animated Series of the Green Lantern universe. It took all the good things about the comics and yeah. not the movie. There wasn't a whole lot of good things That's in the main problem was the movie. What, does, what drives cartoon 
viewing and it, it's the toys and the toys from the movie were already still on the shelf right hogging up up space they couldn't put anything new out yeah, there and, that's... and they were afraid to buy any of the green lantern cartoon toys so that was kind of it was already doomed by the time that it yeah that's hit the, the cartoon thing network. that heard it was toy sales i mean the the show lived or died on what merchandise sales did yeah and since the movie tanked like that dragged the show down with it but um if you listen to the mcsauce podcast you know i am a huge green lantern fan um but go watch the green lantern animated series it's only two seasons but it is it's legit it is really fucking good um you know I feel like we haven't talked Green Lantern on this show in forever, and I remember in our earlier episodes, we couldn't go ten minutes without mentioning Green Lantern. Because it's terrible now. Is it terrible? Oh, it's awful. I don't, I don't even buy it anymore. So you don't know? No. Come on, son. I know. How do you know if you're not reading it? Because Green Lantern has long hair and a backpack. He doesn't even have a fucking ring anymore. Oh, that's terrible. Why is he called the Green Lantern, then? What is... Like what is? How's he get? Well, he might still have a he might still have a lantern, right? I hope Daniel Doing is listening to this because he still supports this garbage, and I'll take it up with him on Twitter, and we'll put up Twitter dukes with this guy. But yeah, like he's he's huge Green Lantern fan like I am, but he still supports the current run of the book, and it's absolutely against everything that Jeff Johns put together, which is the height of what Green Lantern should be. This writer, which is... Robert Venditti. Robert Venditti. Scourge of Green Lantern fandom. However, he writes Exo Manowar, which is excellent. It's strange that they would make a departure from what made Green Lantern a character that they had enough faith in to put him on the silver screen and cast Ryan Reynolds and put all this money behind a, a big movie like that. Why would they change it up so severely? What are the sales like on Green Lantern these days? Anybody know? I have no idea. I don't follow any comic book sales. Like, I never look up what... I feel like comic book, book sales are always... Mo- bunch of Marvel, Walking Dead, and Batman. And that's every single month. Yep. Yep. Green Lantern's doing well enough that Robert Venditti stays on it as the writer. He's captaining the Green Lantern ship. Uh, I th- you know, he's still... How many you know, other books writing are... Sinestro now has to fall in line what he's doing on the main book. They got Ethan Van Skyver to come back to the main book. To write? To No, to draw. Uh, but yeah, like Hal doesn't have a ring anymore. He has a backpack that's, that powers this glove. It's like he's wearing a that's fucking weird. Nintendo Power With book. Ethan Van Skyver returning, will you be returning no. as well? No, the story is so off base. There's some weird shit where... Uh, John Stewart and a handful of other lanterns got zipped off into some other universe, and it was called the book was called Lost Lanterns. I, I think I read like five of them, and I was like, "This is fucking dumb." It's it's you know catering to all the sh- all the bad stuff that Robert Venditti did that was um, antithetical to what Jeff Johns put together. So I was out. Opposite of what. Jeff Johns put together. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So uh, we call I was, him I was out. one dollar word Paul. That's right. Uh, I was out. Sacagawea McGinty. if I ever saw it. Not going back. So uh, Green Lantern comic books are in a really bad place. 
at, got it. Got at this it. point. And you will not be returning until Robert Vendetti is off. Or is it Venditti or Deddy? Vendetti. Vendetti. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not going to go back until I start seeing the ads of, oh, Green Lantern, new direction, you know, new writer, new artist, blah, blah, blah. But the animated series, so good. It takes everything Jeff Johns put together mm -hmm. and makes it better. It takes... Kind of streamlines all of, things, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, takes all of the stuff he put together, streamlines it for an animated series, and just... You know, tightens everything up yeah. a little bit more. It's now it's what, fantastic. What was Robert Vendetti's involvement in the animated series? Zero. <whistles> Nothing. Sounds good. Goose egg. Zilch. Got it. Bruce Tim was also an executive producer uh -huh. on that. So um, Giancarlo Volpe was the showrunner for that show. Mm -hmm. And um, he was lead animator or something on uh, Last Airbender and some other animated shows but like he has a really good track record and like he really put that show together really well and like I, I don't fuck around when I say it. it's the Batman the Animated Series I believe of you. the Green Lantern universe I know you guys do you've heard me extol its virtues for years now I've but, also watched it too so I, right, I know right <laughs> But fans that haven't watched it, don't we, be we like, oh. We watched a couple episodes together, actually. Right. Don't look at it like, oh, Ryan Reynolds, that movie sucked. It's totally different. Just just watch it. Okay. So let's spin this off into Star Wars Rebels, since uh -huh. this is, what, what are we calling this, Matt? Uh, we're calling it Star Wars-sember. Or Star-sember? The Star-sember? Well, then it could be anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about Star vs. the Forces of Evil tonight? Or the last Star Fighter Sember? Star Trek? Star Wars Sember. Star Wars Sember. And a little bit. No. no. Star Vember? Star Wars Vember? Star Wars Vember? Star Wars Vember? I like what you're trying there. It's not working. You gotta try some things. So we've all watched Star Wars Rebels, except Ian, you missed the last episode, but you really didn't miss much. We've all watched the first season. Mm -hmm. We did. Uh, well, let's recap. Let's recap. What did we think of the first season? We went in with tepid expectations. Uh, Paul was pretty much off of the Star Wars bandwagon at that point, spurned by the prequels, uninterested in the Clone Wars series not really like re-energized by the Disney acquisition yet but he invested in the in the Rebel show and what happened they had they had a long hill to climb and they did it a few episodes in I was like alright I mean I we did enough stuff that we, you we got me hooked we sat together as a team and we watched the premiere episode I think we were all in our pajamas watching it, or maybe it was just me. There's a lot of popcorn going around. Popcorn. Pillow fight broke out. It was a regular slumber party Any with a Brady lot of Matt's hair. <laughs> My Padawan braid. <laughs> <laughs> and and we another thing that happened a lot was a lot of stormtrooper murder, murder, callous murder. General Callus murder. <laughs> That's a character Blade. from Rebel. Blade's killing. Um, like, by the heroes, by the villain. Like, even some of the villains were killing stormtroopers. The stormtroopers 
I don't know about you, but I felt bad for them by the end of that episode. It seems like a really, the real really shitty job. Don't don't take up that storm. Don't click on that stormtrooper ad on Indeed.com, people. Yeah. Now Finn clearly has the right idea by getting out while the going's still good or getting's good. Well, by the time he's a stormtrooper, those stormtrooper slaying rebels are long gone. That's true. That's true. This particular group of them. Do you think that we're gonna get better stormtroopers in this version? Of the Force Awakens, it looks like they're yeah, a little more serious, a little more deadly. It looks like it. Yeah, I, I expect we're gonna they're gonna be deadly when they're not around the main cast. Oh, that's with any. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, totally. Film, totally. you're not gonna just no, kill I somebody in the first. Based minutes. on what I've seen, they look like they're gonna be more formidable enemies way more than they were in empire and jedi and even more than they were in the original star wars but the stormtroopers and rebels are punchlines even they're even worse than they were in return of the jedi even one and a half episodes in they are punchlines the fact that the characters the the rebels refer to them as bucketheads and i've seen that spill over into the different comics i fucking hate that i hate it so fucking bad because you want me, them to be it makes me so mad you want them to be the deadly stormtroopers that yeah. they're supposed to i be. want them to be scary and even in this kids show like they should be treated with some fucking respect <laughs> like when you see a platoon of stormtroopers show up people need to be like oh fuck shit's going down and maybe the locals who aren't in the rebellion feel that way, but I feel like Kanan and Sabine and the crew of the Ghost, they see stormtroopers and they're like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, fucking George Carlin's here. It's time for jokes and George funny Carlin. fun. <laughs> Isn't George Carlin a little short to be a stormtrooper? Oh. Can we edit that, that bad joke out? He was short. Was he? Yeah, man. How short George Carlin is. So, the Stormtroopers are treated like absolute shit in the show. Um, that's that's the biggest... That's probably the... Even going into Season 2, that's probably the biggest problem I've had with the show as a whole. Is like, you know, the Stormtroopers should, should be scary. Yeah. They got a bad hand dealt in Return of the Jedi. And they've never really recovered from that. Not really. But uh, the show's... The show turned me around, you know. At some point in the first season, I was like, you know what? I'm in. I'm all in. I wasn't feeling Kanan, the cowboy Jedi. <laughs> I feel like whoever called him the fucking cowboy Jedi didn't know what they were talking about. It's just a poor description. There's, there's nothing that hints at cowboy right. about what he does. There's he just nothing, is a Jedi. There's nothing cowboy about Kanan whatsoever. There's cowboy about him in the novel. What's that book called? Uh, New Dawn. New Dawn. Cool book. He is most cowboyish in that book, but he's not in the show. Right. Especially once they meet Ezra, and Ezra's kind of his Padawan, and he's training him. And even in the season two, like, he's so reserved, and he's not flying off the handle, and oftentimes it's Chopper or Ezra or even Hera that's like, oh, we're going to... Oh, fuck the rules, we're doing this crazy shit. And Kanan's the guy that's like, whoa, whoa, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah. So, like, 
even though he went in with, you know, absolutely wrong, the wrong conception of who this character is, mm -hmm. he still won me over. Freddie Prince Jr.'s performance mm. won me over. And right. even now, like, he's still my favorite character on the show. I think that the reason why they went with Cowboy Jedi is because he's, he's a non-traditional Jedi. He's not the typical kind of Jedi. How would you classify something that is different from the norm? You can't call him a rebel Jedi. So I guess they found Cowboy was a good <laughs> way to go about it. But it's just a... Cowboy conjures up specific imagery, and none of that applies to Kanan. Right, because Cowboy Jedi says, hey, it's Han Solo with a lightsaber. But he's not. Not even a little bit. No. No, he's not. He's probably closer to Luke. Um, but, yeah. but significantly different from him too, but he's nothing like Han Solo. Yeah, he's, he's absolutely his own character and he's a, he's a good character. I really enjoy Kanan, uh, you know, Kanan, even Ezra, you know, Kanan's Padawan has, has won me over. I think the scenes between the two of them and the relationship that, um, you know, Ezra doesn't really want. Ezra once trained, but he doesn't really know what it's all about. And he, now in season two, there's a, kind of a split where is Ezra going to be a Jedi or is he going to be a soldier? And like the, it adds an interesting element to his and Kanan's relationship. But there are some characters in Rebels that we could really do without. Do you have any of those, Matt? I do, but before I get into that. I kind of wanted to touch back on season one a little bit to recap it because what I liked about season one, uh, as opposed to most TV series, I felt like there was a really strong arc, uh, storyline-wise. I mean, obviously for a lot of the main characters there was an arc, but the plot really ramped up and it got more and more exciting every single episode, uh, save for a few filler episodes here and there. But, what was it, maybe the last three episodes of season one were out of this world. They were so good. The way that... We're going to spoil this, right? Oh, yeah, we're spoiling all The way that Kanan slowly developed his Jedi prowess. Like, he, when he first fought the Inquisitor, he was no match for the Inquisitor. But by the end of the first season, not only was he a match for the Inquisitor, he defeated him and he killed him. That was pretty cool. And I think it's pretty cool to see these character skills growing. Kanan and Ezra. Now we're in season two with, with Ezra, and you can see his Jedi skills are really like maturing and they're coming to fruition. Whereas like in season one he was kind of useless. And it took him forever to even have a lightsaber. But Well in season one he just kind of was discovering that he was force sensitive, so Right, right. But um, you know, a lot of the strong characters in season one are holding true as being strong characters in season two. But the weaker characters from season one are still just as weak, if not weaker, in season two. Um, let's start with the worst, probably. Paul, who do you think the worst is? Severalius. <laughs> I agree. Really? I agree. And I'll tell you why, Ian. Because you are I know who you're thinking. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, you're thinking... Uh, no, I'm go ahead. I'm excited to hear what Matt's reasoning is for Yeah, go first. ahead with Zeb. Okay, well, can I say who you're thinking first? Yeah, go ahead. You're thinking... Um, 
Sabine. 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 And she's awful. I'll give you that. But Zeb is worse, and here's why. Because Zeb has no quality banter. He has no quality chemistry with any character. He's strictly unlikable in every possible facet, whether it's alone, whether it's with another character. I've seen him shit. I've seen him with Chopper. I've seen him with Ezra. I've seen him with Hera. I've seen him with Sabine. <laughs> and he just doesn't cut the mustard. I don't he's think he's terrible. unlikable. I just think he's... He's unlikable. He's pointless. He's, he's pointless and unlikable. There's he's, like... he, he was an excuse to bring a Ralph McQuarrie concept character to life and I hate Who's Ralph McQuarrie Matt? Ralph McQuarrie is kind of like the original visionary for George Lucas's ideas so George Lucas wasn't an artist but he had all these cool ideas well Ralph McQuarrie was the painter that visualized all these cool ideas you know he is the guy that back created in 75 yeah, whatever year it was, he created the look of Darth Vader. He created the look of the Stormtroopers and Boba Fett and all those cool helmets and the planets and the architecture, all that stuff. That was Ralph McQuarrie. So Ralph McQuarrie had done an original concept for Chewbacca, and he looked kind of like a werewolf. Well, that concept was discarded and had been discarded for 35 years, whatever it was until the Star Wars Rebels show. And then they brought that look back and then they made it a totally different race. It wasn't a Wookiee. It was, I don't even remember what the name of his species is. But he, whatever it is, he's the last one, thankfully. Hopefully soon to be the finally like Is he the gone. last one? Yeah, he said he, in one of the episodes, I'm the last of my kind or something like that. He's just, he has that, that annoying Cockney accent that doesn't fit the look of the character. He's always like, like I feel like if I knew him in real life, I wouldn't like him. I need to, I need to interject at some point with Star Wars accents and one that absolutely doesn't fit the universe. So do it. We can get back to that. No, do it, do it. Let's, let's do it. We're in season two. Um, the brilliant Jason Isaacs, Inquisitor of season one gets killed at the end of season one but no heaven forbid we do anything star wars without some bad guy dressed in black with a red lightsaber that isn't Darth vader um so they introduce these new what the fuck are they called the brothers and sisters yeah it's brother brother the fifth brother the seventh sister and some you know deep nerdy star wars mythology blah 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 is it or is it something new i i'm i'm Honestly, I asking, it's I don't know. It's something new. I thought it was something new. New, but it's it's meant to be intertwined into the greater Star Wars mythology. Sure, but like, it's new to this us has always been there, but we're it, learning about this. It's it's not like Matt was talking about a discarded concept thing. It's not something that's deep buried that they dug up. This is just some new shit. Right. So there's two of them now. There's a dude and a chick, and the dude. He's like brother seven or the seven, fifth seven brother, brother or something. and I think the seventh sister. Yeah, and he looks ridiculous. His design is horrible. He has this big fucking like mushroom helmet. He looks terrible, and the guy that voices him has the heaviest Mexican accent. And you can get away with some weird alien talk like from Greedo in the Star Wars universe. That's fine. British accent, boom. Immediately part of the Star Wars universe. American? Yeah, let's do it. But this dude's Mexican accent 
stands out so fucking bad. As soon as he opens his mouth, every time I am pulled out of Rebels. Isn't Star Wars pretty famous for their various accents that can be linked back to, you know, be it your yeah. Nemoidian, right. Asian and, and do accents? They work? No, they no, don't. Every time but... they talk, you're pulled out of that movie too. Yeah, that's right. So that's why I don't think that this is so bad because it falls in line with some of the other things that we've seen before. So, so long as they've made this fuck-up before, it's okay. So long as they're being consistent with the fuck-ups, it's okay. It's consistent with how they're casting <coughs> voice actors. So it doesn't pull me out because they've done it before. It's not like it's this one instance that you can't ignore. It's something that's happened in the past. So long as you're... Yeah, so... Consistent fuck-ups is okay. You know, they should have corrected it. They should have been like, you know what? I honestly honestly didn't... I didn't even notice that that was his accent. He sounds too Spanish. That might... We gotta get him out. It's It's not working. Did that pull you out, Matt? A little bit. A little bit? I didn't... I didn't... That's what he's like! I didn't really notice it. That, that's but obviously an But Sarah Michelle Gellar is the seventh sister with that weird metallic echo on her voice. Super sexy. See, I didn't like that. I oh, thought that was strange. Loved every part of that. I liked her look. She was kind of looking like a witch, sort of. Yeah. I liked her droids that followed her around and helped her out. That was a cool aesthetic, but her voice, the metallic voice, I was like, I can't we just have Sarah Michelle Gellar do this? I think what's also working against the fifth brother is that even though I wasn't super crazy about the original Inquisitor's design, I loved his attitude. I loved Jason Isaac's voice. I loved the menace that he portrayed him with. Like, this was a guy you didn't fuck with. So then they kill him in the, at the end of the first season, and now we get fucking the fifth George Lopez coming at us. But you're a big Lopez fan, man. You I love like that dude. Lopez, but not in my fucking Star Wars universe. You know, That's the same problem with the Nemoidians. Ben- like, Benicio Del Toro is going to be one of the main villains in episode 8. You're going to be super bummed out. Is that a problem? I don't think he's going to sound like Carlos Mencia. Okay. I think Benicio Del Toro is probably going to fold himself seamlessly into that universe. Fair. But yeah, this this fifth brother, man. I'm surprised that they added more uh, Inquisitors. I thought that the, it was going to be a one-off kind of thing. Sort of our gateway drug to Darth Vader, who I thought we were going to get a little bit more of in this season. Well, that said, I'd rather have more shitty Inquisitors than Darth Vader. Because he doesn't belong in this show. You didn't think that he fit in the first episode? I thought that was a really great episode. Yeah, it was It was cool seeing him. He did some badass stuff. Do you think he doesn't fit in this universe? No, because, like, as long as the series... Unless they have... Unless they're, like, at the end of this series, Darth Vader is going to roll in and kill everybody. Then, yeah, he absolutely does. But so long as he's in this series and the cast of Rebels keeps getting away... That's less and less impressive, Darth Vader is. Like, he becomes more incompetent the longer this group gets away from him. So then, chronology-wise, by the time he walks on to the Tanavi 4, you're like, <laughs> Darth Vader, these guys are fine, don't worry. 
We'll call him Dork Vader. <laughs> so yeah, like in that first episode, he's menacing, he almost pulls a fucking spaceship back down to Earth by himself, almost cuts Ezra's head off. It's weird circumstances, you know, result in them leaving, but it all fit. But like, I don't really want to see him again. I think that... I don't know. I think he's going to end up getting somebody from the ghost. Somebody from the ghost isn't going to make it out with a face-to-face with Vader. And this show's not shying away from killing people, as we talked about earlier. So, killing stormtroopers. And great th- characters voiced by Jason Isaacs. I think that somebody could get killed by Vader on this show. Matt, who's getting killed by Vader? It'll be Ahsoka Tano, his old apprentice from... Oh. The Clone Wars, which... I think he's going to kill two people. Her and... Zeb? Oh, I wish. Captain Rex. Oh, okay. Captain Rex. Dumb, shitty prequel holdover. So, yeah. I just said that for you. That that goes back to uh, what they're doing in this season of Rebels, which is injecting a lot of the things from the Clone Wars series, which was unceremoniously canceled before they had a chance to wrap up all these storylines. So the way the Clone Wars series ended, and they didn't know that it was going to end like this, but what happened in that final season was apparently Ahsoka Tano left the Jedi Order. She was Anakin Skywalker's apprentice. Like, he had his own apprentice during the Clone Wars, which is kind of dumb, I think. Like, the whole concept when I first heard Anakin has a, has a, a, a Padawan was really dumb. Because you see him in episode three, he doesn't have an apprentice. Like, there's never a mention of his apprentice. Like, it just felt completely shoehorned in. And I still am unokay. Or not okay, depending on how you like to say it. Unokay sounds so proper, but it's totally wrong. <laughs> well, because, because in episode three, he's clearly not ready to have an apprentice. Right, he's a Jedi like, Knight, he's not a master. Anyone involved with the Jedi Order at that point is not letting him have him like, an apprentice. Like, isn't right. he kind of on a probationary period himself? They're not going to no, prove... Not, no, he's a bit of a, of a hero, but he's kind of like a hot dog kind of hero. Like He's very well respected as far as a warrior, but not so much as far as like being you know, level-headed or... Uh, or trustworthy enough to have his own apprentice. That too. Even like what, two years before Sith is when the Ahsoka stuff happens. So, yeah, yeah, it was like you right know? after Episode Two. So anyway, like you, I don't know I'm how much times between Episode Two and Three. I've heard between like three and five years. I don't know. Five years that much? Yeah, is that okay? that's okay, right? Uh, it seems like an awful lot. Well, anyway. I always hated Ahsoka Tano when they first showed her. Like, they showed this stupid character that had the midriff, which I was like, really? Really? Like, that's so not Star Warsy to me. Um, it, it just felt, like, completely out of place. Luckily... But Padme had the midriff once that kitty cat ripped it off of her. Yeah, I know, and... and without so severing her entire spine. Right, and so did that enough. other blue uh, Twi'lek Jedi. She had the midriff, uh-huh. too. Um, she had the the large blue Jedi Knight sexy McSexerson. Right. So I mean, it's kind of a running theme, but I never liked it. It just felt like it would be like all the Jedi Knights having like tank tops and muscle shirts. Well, you know? but there are Jedi's like Barrasophie who were fully clothed Agreed, and everything. But, that, I just but then she goes bad in Clone Wars. 
I guess so, becomes yeah. a Sith. I didn't watch Clone Wars. This is what I'm picking up from super dorky Star Wars podcasts out there in the ether. Right. Not like this one. <clears throat> right. We're the cool one. <laughs> because, we, because we know less. So That makes us cool. Ignorance <clears throat> is cool. <clears throat> so anyway, never a fan, but then like in the third season, I want to say, they, they kind of redesigned the character where they gave her like a full shirt, which was kind of nice, and she started to look a little bit more Star Wars appropriate, and the character quit being quite so annoying. You know, she was kind of the Jar Jar Binks of the Clone Wars initially. I was like, when is this bitch gonna die? And then eventually oh, she You becomes, can't kill women, Matt. Come on. Sorry. Eventually she becomes a bit of a fan favorite. And I never really stayed with the Clone Wars long enough to really make that assessment myself, but this is kind of the general consensus that she's a really cool character. And she kind of vanished at the very end of the tenure of the Clone Wars series. Again, it was canceled before it was ready to be, so like there was all these unresolved plot threads that were just just left out there. So what do they do at the very end of season one? They introduce Ahsoka Tano is back. Now she's in season two, and we fully expect there to be at some point this season a showdown between Darth Vader and Ahsoka Tano. I hope they don't drag it out. Just have them face off. Have him kill her. Um, you know, she served her purpose. She was great for some fans. I'm never going to be a big Ahsoka Tano fan. I think she's a completely unnecessary character. Just kill her already. Here's the problem I'm having with this season. There's been a heavy focus on Captain Rex and Ahsoka Tano and their relationship with Clone Wars. I would and say Darth that Rex Vader. has gotten a lot more attention right. than Ahsoka. We already have a full five <laughs> cast members of the Ghost, the right. core Rebels team. Right. That's plenty of characters a lot. to focus on. Yep. I feel like through six episodes this season, we haven't seen a whole lot of Kanan. Not a ton. It's been Ezra's, it's been Ezra's show so far. And also because I feel like the creators also worked on Clone Wars and sure. like that's their baby and we need to honor Clone Wars. And I think you a lot what? of fans like those characters from the Clone Wars. Clone so it's Wars a little bit of time. it's a little bit of fan service that they're providing and I think that people Well, that's unfair, are into Paul. That. It didn't really have its time. It was its time was cut short. I mean, it was hitting its greatest stride uh, critically. It had just won an Emmy before it was canceled. Like it was such a weird time to cancel. It was just Disney flexing their muscles and being like, "This is ours now, and this is what we're gonna fucking do." And they just canceled it because it wasn't theirs. Yeah. And so it's their way to tie those things and make that canon and important. Right. I think it's actually kind of a good thing that they're that they're tying things together. Looks like the Clone Wars lasted seven seasons. I think that's its time. That's, I don't think seven seasons is. Hey. You're cut short. I don't well, think that's that they're not accurate. I don't that's think just not accurate. I don't think that they're inundating us with Clone Warsness. Right. It's it's a part of right. this universe, and they're making sure that it runs through. Just like the the things that happened in the original trilogy, which are having effects on this show as well, are you can see those results on the show. It's the same fucking thing. The influences from the original trilogy and the Clone Wars are coming together on this show, which is in between, which is the way it's supposed to be. Ian, I don't completely agree with you, um, but 
I totally disagree with you, Paul, which is that it had its day. Seven seasons, that's not true. It ran five seasons, plus they released The Lost Missions, which were completely unfinished um, episodes that they had some voice recording for. And then once the show was canceled, they decided to go as far as they could with the content that they already had and do those shows. And then they released those via Netflix. What was it, like six episodes? That's all it was. Five episodes plus six more. That was it. It wasn't seven seasons. Well, I disagree. Because if you run for one season, two seasons, and you're done, period, no resolution, no nothing, you're done before your time. If you get a full five seasons of a TV show... You're fucking golden. You ran your time. I don't no, think that's that including but, Paul, a, that's, that's the foolish. spirit of a show and a few characters from that show is force-feeding things down the fan's throat. They're just adding a couple of characters there. That's right. it. That... Yeah, and I think the time that they're spending on these characters could be better spent developing the underdeveloped characters that we already met in season one. I, I agree with that part of what you're saying, but Paul, they were already underway on season six when it when they pulled the plug. It wasn't like it was a struggling show. Right, and but it had, wasn't like they only had two seasons and then they got canceled. They true, had five full but, seasons. But they didn't even they weren't even given the opportunity to like figure out how they were going to resolve this. And this is such a, it's not it, it, its own universe. You know, it's part of a much grander story. So like to just have it kind of out there and never finished it, that's not really fair to the rest of the story at large Like, it, who it do means- you feel is getting short shrift this year? Kanan? we got a lot of Kanan story in the first season right but we could see more from Kanan now we sure, we could get we sure could but it's not, like, now. It's not like we, we didn't get, get a lot of that in the whole first right, season and we can get deeper into the most underdeveloped characters which are Sabine and Zeb but we don't want to see those at all. With but maybe that if said, we, maybe if we get it, we like those characters at that point. With that said, I feel like we've gotten a lot of Sabine in season two, and she still kind of sucks. She can go away. She's got fairly good chemistry, but when it comes to like her combat stuff and like I hate the artsy stuff, like just what Star Wars needs, like a graffiti artist on her on her flying skateboard and her rollerblades and her neon elbow pads. It like, feels like they break. went to Tumblr and they're like, what do the kids like? We're going to make fucking Boba Fett that spray right. paints bombs. It just doesn't make sense. And then, and then, not to spoil things for you, but the most recent episode was called uh, Blood Sisters. And it was her and another fellow bounty hunter. And it kind of like gives you a little bit of her backstory. It might have been the worst episode yet. I was ready to kill myself from boredom. I was thinking about slitting my wrists. I was that. It bored. wasn't the worst episode, but it's a horrible backstory. It she's is. like <clears throat> twenty-one. Oh my 22 god, dude, she's a teenager. Most, but she's she's sixteen. But she has a previous. Well, she's sixteen. Yeah, dude, she's sixteen. Young, but she has a previous life as a bounty hunter. And as a what circus acrobat, apparently. Well, the gravity-defying leaps and jumps, that's ridiculous. It's, I mean, it's terrible because, it because that shit is established for Jedi. Only Jedi can pull that shit off. Like, I can understand if Sabine is 16 years old in Season 2, and she grew up in the Imperial Academy, and that's her backstory, fine, but how are you a bounty hunter 
before 16. And I want to grab... Is it because your, she's a Mandalorian and that's her her race of people and that's what they do? Hunt bounties? Well, she's not a bounty hunter. She's a Mandalorian and apparently they're like a... Like a society of warriors, but she was a bounty hunter. But she was she a bounty hunter, hunter which is really bizarre. Is it like being a Klingon, a where like you just grow up and it's this warlike culture? Know. No, because her and that other chick are from. It sounded like they were from two different places. Yeah, they were. But but the point but, is, she's only sixteen. She can't have been a bounty hunter. Yeah, she's got quite Yet. a resume for a sixteen-year-old. It's dumb. She's a dumb character. She serves no point. Who's other, the who's other the than the ship? Let me finish. Other than to cater to young girls, and that's the truth. What's the guy's name that runs the shit? Dave Filoni. Like, isn't that a? I can't like. I want to be in the meeting with the writers and whoever else they Dave have to Filoni cater to. Dave Filoni also coined the term. Cowboy Jedi. Because he himself a is cowboy a cowboy. Head. From Pittsburgh. From Pittsburgh. Well, did he the also, worst kind of cowboy. Did he, is he also responsible for Bucketheads? I don't know. I don't know. And why don't you tell us some things you like about Rebel? I feel like we're getting a little negative. No, you guys, you guys are doing your thing. I was going to go into how I hate Sabine, but... <laughs> Sabine sucks, okay? Another character that sucks is Zeb. And Zeb, I think, has proven to be really annoying this season especially that what was it the first episode where they first come across the clones and then they use him as bait and he's out like walking in front of the walker oh and yeah for that, the giant it's some kind of giant alien monster tremor worm it was yeah. it was jaws meets tremors with star wars and it sucked all around i hated it i hated that episode there's only been two episodes this season that i thought were good i think it's kind of bad if I'm which episodes the series I think it's kind of bad no you said there were two episodes two good this episodes. season that you liked the one where they introduced the two new inquisitors who by the way I hate both designs I think they're really? both terrible I think both voices are terrible <gasps> I like the chick a lot design yeah. and voice I think they're awful um, although I really liked the way that Ezra is a total smart ass with her Ezra's really growing on me and coming into his own. He's been the shining, like, beacon of this show this season. You know, it, it took a while to really like Ezra, but now he's kind of a little cocky and kind of likable. Um, whereas maybe I was a little more on the fence last season. Um, characters that I was on the fence with last season. And what, what was, was the that? second episode you liked? The second episode, I thought the second episode was pretty decent. The one, it was the relics one of the old empire where they introduced the clone troopers. Well, the clone troopers them. were introduced in the episode before, but this one they actually fight the walkers. Oh, yeah. Are we not counting like? Are we not counting the first episode? Well, there's that, that too. But, but like, they, is that not counted in this season or something? No, or? It, it is, but um, it was so long ago, and we talked about it already. That was pretty good too. So if we're counting that as well, those three episodes are good. You know, and like the. Rest, the b-wing episode with Hera? it was just okay um it was a lot just to introduce a b-wing honestly like i was just like eh. i don't i don't love that all these like ships are making their debut on this show anyway like i liked them making their debut in return of the jedi like you see like the rebellion pulling all these different shit like the a-wings all of a sudden are making an appearance in my mind a-wings didn't even exist 
in A New Hope. It was just X-Wings or nothing. It was X-Wings and Y-Wings. B-Wings didn't exist then. Now, they do say it's a prototype and everything, but still, that shit was much newer. So, in my mind. Would it make you feel better if you looked at it like there are so many different factions of rebels across the galaxy that the ones we saw that fought Yavin all they had to use were X-Wings and Y-Wings. But there's other factions like Hera and Kanan's crew that only had A-Wings and a B-Wing prototype. And then by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, that's when they bring everyone. They call everyone to arms so now we have all these ships kind of making this attack. That's kind of fair. That's a that's a different way of looking at it from the way I, I felt, was looking at it. I felt the exact same way seeing the A-Wings because to us, like... The A-Wings were always a new ship to, you know, be fast and speedier against the TIE Fighters. Right. And then they introduced them, and the Empire upgraded with the TIE Interceptors between, you know, A New Hope and the Jedi. It's like an arms race. Right. So now, like, seeing A-Wings five years before A New Hope, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, by the time we get to the Jedi, these ships are fucking shit. Right, right. It just, it, it to me, it smacks of not being creative like it's like they're desperate to just pull things from the OT well that's how I feel about fucking aliens the galaxy is a big place I don't need to see a fucking Rodian every planet I go to and I understand with a a show like this they only get so many molds and everything like but don't make it a fucking Greedo alien make it it a new one what about Fat Akbar? oh short Short stuff. What was I that? I didn't mind that. What was that? It wasn't the worst. Totally unoriginal. Uninspired. <clears throat> I like I like that he's involved with the creation of the ships. But I never ever pictured those aliens as being short and fat. Right. Like I always pictured Admiral Akbar and the Mon Calamari as being like the same like the way that they look I would imagine that they would also be on water planets you know you go find the B-wing on a water-ish planet yeah well he that dude lived by himself on that planet it looked like but still I mean but he looked like a a cartoon character I really liked how his eyes were animated though yeah I didn't have they kind of had flat fronts that like flipped inside of the yeah Mm -hmm. the bulbous things yeah We'll take wins where we can get them. Do you guys like the episode? This is episode four where Ezra breaks away and him and Chopper go on like a separate mission. He pretends that he's Lando Calrissian and oh, they, where they uh, they meet um, another Clone Wars character, right? Yeah. See, you gotta love that Clone Wars. If I, you don't know your Clone Wars I hate history, it. I hate you're it gonna be lost yeah. this season. Dude, I've had glasses of warm milk that put me to sleep slower than that episode of Rebels did. I thought it was a fun breakaway from the traditional up-against-the-Empire stuff. You got to see Ezra evolve and use a little bit more of his Force powers when he, like, stops the... Uh, dude from floating out the hangar. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was cool. It was a cool Ezra and Chopper centric episode. Those are two of my favorite, like more I, I favorite. I really characters. like the Chopper character. The Chopper character is great. A lot yeah. of personality. Um, way more than <clears throat> than Zeb. It's funny how they can make a <clears throat> robot that does bleeps and bloops more sassy 
than R two D two, and like have oh, and have, have and have like a distinctive personality aside from R two. I think I love what a piece of shit Chopper looks like. He like oh he, that, yeah he looks like that, shit. That junky disc on top of his head and, and his like seventies paint job. Right, and he has that. You know how R two had the third like leg in the middle. Yeah. Well, he has like if you look, Chopper just has like a wheel there. Yeah. And it, he just looks like such a piece of shit. Yeah, but that's fun. It, it goes to fun. like the ragtag nature yes. of them being rebels that are kind of you know down on their luck, scrambling to get technology. But but, but yeah, man, Chopper's a really good character. I it, think. Chopper's a great. Character. And that's part of the re- that and just seeing Ezra all by himself. No backup, handling some shit. I thought that that episode was fun. I haven't felt... Did you guys say what that character's name was? It's... Anaka. Oh. Hondo. Hondo Anaka? Yeah. I would have been a lot more... I didn't know he was from Clone Wars. I would have yeah. been a lot happier with him if he was a brand new species. Brand new alien. And not from a previously made character from Clone Wars. Well, that's the thing. In the movies, I don't feel like they recycle characters all the time. Like, alien species, you know? It's like, when you see shit, usually it's it's new. But in the shows and the comics, all the spinoff stuff, it's like they have no imagination. I don't know if they're, the shackles are on or they're not allowed to do things. Do you feel like maybe they think that this is the best way to ground it in the Star Wars universe, to connect it, to make everybody sure that it's all one cohesive thing? I don't prefer that because another another instance of that kind of transgression is whenever they recycle dialogue as well. And that's another thing that I hate. And it's all over comics and it's all over um, the cartoons. Yeah. And I hate that. And even the movies are guilty of the dialogue recycling. But it's really rampant in the TV shows. And I hate that. I feel like it's so stilted. I was okay with the Hondo episode. I, I thought it was a really fun episode. I didn't know that Hondo was a Clone Wars the character, guy that, but the guy that it didn't matter to me. It was still I thought it was a fun departure from what they were the doing. The big fat guy that they try to steal the shit from at the end. He's a new character, brand new alien. Uh, he was a dude from last he's, yeah, season. he's from season one. Yeah. But as far as Rebels is concerned, he's created for Rebels. Mm-hmm. He's not a Clone Wars holdover. He's not a, a, a movie alien. He's brand new. And, you know, I'll give them credit for that, even though I think it's a horrible, ugly design, which I'm sure it's supposed to be. You know, no one looked at Jabba the Hutt and was like, oh, man, this is what a slick design. Oh, yeah. This looks great. Yeah, the, the, the Hondo episode was okay. And, like, I, I want them to, for, like, this season, I want them to tell tighter stories about the main crew of the ghost and now we're spinning off and you know every like the last so many episodes everyone's getting their a little bit of their backstory told you know we're slowly you know telling about you know you know captain rex and you know kanan's history with the jedi and ahsoka has this connection with darth vader and let's let's tell some ghost crew stories because that's that was a lot of the fun of the first season. You know what? There's there's no drama, really, on the show so far. What are we, five, six episodes in? I feel like there's no real tension. You gotta kill a character. Seriously. We gotta create some tension, because otherwise it's just, like, cartoon show where the well, guys get away. Well, season one, they killed tons of stormtroopers. They killed that... They killed the, the two Imperial, Imperial dignitary, the girl. The, yeah, that's true. They, they killed, killed the Laurel two. and Hardy, the Imperial officers. Yep. You know, I mean, like... 
No like, real good, no guys, good guys, guys, right? I think Kill... that's coming, but it's we're gonna have to wait till the end of the season. Kill Pondo, like have him team Goodbye. up with them for something and like kill him. It's just, especially after the good vibes from the first season, this season is not living up to it at all for me. I was bored way more than not bored. Um, I'm really, really disappointed with the show. I think it's a just, just directionless right now. Either that or they're, they're just trying to fill time because the, the like, Sabine episode like this is was filler. And it's not it's not filler to the creators. The creators are like, you know what? Now we get a full season. We get to breathe a little bit. Why don't we go back and get into a little bit of the backstories of these characters and what each one's all about? But at the same time, I'm like, fuck it. I don't need to know what it's all about. I don't need to know why fucking Wolverine's Wolverine. Right. Just have him go berserker right. on some shit. Like, you know, I don't need to know where Sabine came from. And now that you've told me, it's even worse than I fucking thought. She's what, a fucking 12-year-old bounty hunter? Are you fucking kidding me, Dave Filoni? You're supposed to, to be like captaining that. this ship. <clears throat> but that's Vote of no confidence! But that's one of the characters that he <laughs> wants to tell the backstory of, and they're exploring more of that character. It's a that's character that should lo- never have even been created, though. That's fine, but... You're saying that you want them to dig into the crew of the ghost. That's what they're doing with that. No, I want it's them, just somebody want that we tell, don't like. I want them to tell stories about the crew of the ghost as the crew of the ghost in present time. Like, I know why Kanan's Kanan. They released the graphic novel a couple weeks ago. It was really good. I liked it. Yeah, that's what you said. You know, we've we've we know Ezra's backstory from season one. That's all we need. You know, Hera's backstory was kind of filled in the that graph, the novel about about Kanan. New Dawn. New Dawn. Oh, I can't remember that name. But like Zeb and Sabine, we don't need to fucking know. We don't need to know fucking Chewbacca's backstory. He's Han's muscle. They've got a great relationship. That's all we need. Right. We don't need to know the backstory. We don't need to know Han Solo's backstory. But you can guarantee is, that is that if, a shady past done. If That's there was a if there was a cartoon series that featured the crew of the Millennium Falcon, sure as shit you would get Han's backstory. You'd get right. all the Chewbaccaness that you. That stuff. Yeah, yeah, but un, it's just as unnecessary as Zeb's and Sabine's backstories. Even her, you know, she she grew up, she joined the rebellion. Done. When is Hollywood gonna realize we don't need backstories for everything? Sometimes it's kind of cool not to have one. Like, every they cool will character. Never. They will never. Why? Why can't anybody have, like, a little mystery? And, like, I, I don't understand, like, who, as a creator... Because creators, I would think, are kind of smart creatively. How do they not know going down that path never well, fucking pans out? Because creators sometimes may... aren't in charge of telling that story or... This may be mandate from someone above Dave Filoni saying, hey... You have to flesh out well, Sabine. Well, like, I was going to say... Because we hey, have to sell it at Hot Topic. I was going to say, hey, we want to sell more of this character, but they don't make female figures anyway, so that can't be the reason they're telling this story. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been to Hot Topic in a long time, but I would imagine that that's where they're selling the Sabine stuff, and she can get away because she's not that feminine... She's got Boba Fett helmet. You can sell that shit to a lot of different people. I thought for sure she was way older than 16. 
Like, cause I, I, I thought it was younger than sixteen. I thought it was funny that Ezra's like fourteen and she's twenty-two, and he's kind of flirting with her, and she's like, "Come on, kid." Like, I thought that was a funny dynamic of the story, but now that there's only like two years between them, and she's been a bounty hunter for years <laughs> before she was sixteen, now it's the it's so like dumb. it's the worst. It's the worst. Now I like Zeb more because we don't know about Zeb, and Zeb can be anything I want. Until he's they Australian. tell his backstory <laughs> next so, week. He's totally Australian. <laughs> he used to live out in the outback. But that bothers as an me. Aborigine. But that bothers me. Hunting dingo. Yeah, but that bothers me less than Carlos Mencia, the Inquisitor. Does it? Oh, absolutely. I don't think it bothers me less. He's he might be in one more episode. Like to it doesn't me, bother me. Well, like me that to me, much. Zeb Zeb's a big cartoony character for a kids show. But that Inquisitor is, like, so from Earth, Earth accent, I'm immediately pulled out of the show. I don't know. I think Zeb has an equally Earth accent um, just as recognizable. Like, I could tell you that's Australian just as easily as I could tell you. Oh, yeah, but, you know, you can tell... The Inquisitor is You can tell Grandma Tarkin's British, but... You don't British is the unofficial accent of the universe. Right. It's the it's the, the English basic. It's a universal <laughs> accent. Even something like Dexter Jetster, it's like I mean he's speaking with some American dialect, but like the way it's presented, it's not as offensive to me. Is it because you're American? I don't think that's it. I oh. I, I guess it's totally it it's character. totally objective. Yeah. It is, but there's just some like a. Almost an intangible that, that can fit a character. And quite frankly, those two accents between Zeb and the Inquisitor do not fit. And you know what? I'm not a big fan of the Sarah Michelle Geller voice either. Um, but getting back to those Inquisitor, Inquisitors, I thought they were <laughs> embarrassingly bad-looking designs. But what was cool was kind of like their, their presence... Uh, the way that they did the music whenever they'd be on screen and kind of the spooky, eerie sounds and the way that they were. And they did the same thing with the, the Grand Inquisitor, which we realize in this season, the first Inquisitor is known as the Grand Inquisitor. So it sounds like he was the main one, which makes these guys seem a little lesser. Well, they're fucking, yeah. they're bumbling idiots in that episode. Because the, the, whole, the whole first season you're dealing with Jason Isaac's Inquisitor. And he, he whoops their ass. Every time he's with them, they barely get away. He forces Kanan into sacrificing himself to be captured at, at towards the end of the series. Like, he was a fucking badass. Yeah. And these two bumbling idiots let Zeb and Chopper save the day. Yeah. <laughs> like, just kill yourselves. Yeah. I, I don't think that they should have made a difference between... Season one being the Grand Inquisitor, just make them all Inquisitors. We don't need to know. And these ones just happen to be not the greatest because it's like, well, we sent our big gun in and that didn't work. So Let's send here's two ones. of these shitty ones. <laughs> More what? is better. Is it just me too, or are you guys still not on board with the concept of the Inquisitor? Oh, it's horrible. I don't like it either. It's horrible. There's so many things that I just I don't like. Every time these two are on screen now, all I hear is. Yeah, like the music. 
I'm aware. Okay. Yeah, like it's it's an excuse to have like it's called yakety sacks. Ah, Sith, we're we're gonna give you Siths, but they're not Siths because Siths can be only two, which is because we've written stupid. ourselves into a corner, right, which by... is equally dumb. But we want bad guys with red lightsabers, so we're yeah. gonna give them to you. Yeah, like I you don't guys, mind bad guys with red yourself. lightsabers though. Like I don't mind that. Like. Bad guys with right. red you lightsabers is what Star Wars does. That's fine. You know what's, you know who is really cool, total Boba Fett knockoff, but still super cool, Chanith Cha in the Lando series, written uh, by Charles Soule. I don't think I got that far. Really? Yeah. Female bounty hunter, kind of resembles Boba Fett. Yeah. But super badass. Why don't you instead of making some weird inquisitor sect that each of them gets brother and sister numbers how about you make it some badass bounty hunter that figured out how to work a lightsaber and that's part of their shtick yeah totally or even like, from the clone maybe, wars those the witches weren't there there were right, like uh, night witches night, yeah night sisters that seems like a cool thing it something a, a cool little thing. bit different it was different um and that was based on some discarded uh concept art originally so, that was going to be darth maul and i think i think what george lucas said he said to his concept artists he said do it in george lucas voice i can't do it but Try. he said i can't what's just what you give me give me a well what i want you to do concept wow. artist that's terrible <laughs> well that's how he talks oh what do i want you to do that's better that's better than mine got some <laughs> it's it's a little what gravelly is uh draw Draw some from your worst nightmare. And then they did. And then he said, All right, from your second worst nightmare. <laughs> Less intense. So what? Like, they're, they love bringing stuff back from Clone Wars. Why don't they bring... Well, in the Darth Maul comic book, which was, I believe it was the final comic book Dark Horse put out before, sadly, the license went back to Marvel, which, in my personal opinion, has not proven to be better Star Wars um, it I think that they killed the, the night witches or the night sisters because um, Darth Maul was aligned with them but I believe um, was it Darth Vader or who the fuck was it maybe it was Grievous it might have been Grievous right before um, episode 3 killed the night sisters and Darth Maul was like, no. But, um, yeah. No. I, and and I don't mean to go off on a tangent. I know we're kind of winding down on the episode. But I have been unimpressed with Star Wars circa 2014 and 2015 since the Disney acquisition. All the shit we've gotten <sighs> now that comics are with Marvel and now that the show is on Disney XD, I'm just not really impressed. And there's a little bit of worry in me for The Force Awakens because of it. Well, the main the main course of Star Wars for us all has always been the movies. True. The comics and the animated series have always been something that's like, well, that's nice, but that's not what I'm... I'm not going to judge the whole of the brand True. on either one of these True, things. It's just an addition. It is, but this was there was such an emphasis on like, okay, now the right people have the you know, can make the cartoon shows and now yeah. the right company is making the comic books. 
Yeah. And this is what we get. Like, this was their grant. Like, they eradicated the expanded universe in favor of what we're getting. Like, are you kidding me? Seriously? Like, this? you think this is better? Because it's not. I'm going to hold out my judgment until I see force awake this doesn't no- matter to me that much like if i take i pick and choose it's a la carte there are some episodes i like some things that i like some books that i like and everything else it doesn't impact me negatively no, I, I still like that's okay. exactly what a star wars non-movie story should be i will but yeah i i feel like the movie's gonna it, it's so it's so separate from everything else, like everything else, is just trying to wedge right. itself into that movie. Wedge Antilles. Whoa! Too good Star to come Wars. back for this movie, that Apparently. fucking asshole. But like this movie's gonna, like the movies here, the movie. Right, and you know what? What's probably gonna happen because it's gonna be such its own thing. It's gonna, the movie's gonna come out, and there's gonna be like all you know the artists and writers of the comic books and everything are gonna steal so much shit from this now. Because right now it's just like. You, you see these creators and they're so desperate to pull from like classic three movies and you know throw dog shit at the prequels in the process but like it's like those movies were only three movies like there's only so much you can pull from like you gotta be a little bit creative and make some new things up and I don't know if they're limited and what they're allowed to do but it just hasn't proven to be an enjoyable venture so far for me as a fan. And like, who's a bigger fucking Star Wars fan than me? Like, I should Nobody. Nobody I know. I Nobody. shouldn't be that hard to please when it comes to this stuff. But this stuff just isn't that good. Color me disappointed. That's probably a fair spot to stop at tonight because we're going to get into a lot more of this stuff over the next couple weeks. Matt, we're gonna get into Matt's highs, Matt's lows, whole range of emotions, mad emotions. But for tonight's episode, we're gonna sign off. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.